Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Do you know who said all disease begins in the gut? Believe it or not, that would be Hippocrates a whopping 2,500 years ago. Yet it's only really been in the last 10 years that Western medicine has begun to return to its roots of recognizing the connection between what goes on in the digestive system and other areas of the body. Evidence of the importance of this gut brain and the human microbiome has led to a growing holistic way of thinking about health and disease. Welcome to Natural MD Radio, your place for the whole truth about health that lets you take your health back into your hands. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram, and this week we're going to be talking about the gut-thyroid connection. The connection between gut health and thyroid health has barely just begun to be explored by science. In fact, if you go to an endocrinologist or the type of hormone doctor that would evaluate you for a thyroid problem, you're most likely going to be told that we just don't understand why some people get thyroid disease, or it's just bad luck, or, well, your mom and sister have it, so it's genetic and there's nothing you can do. While genes do play a role in some cases of thyroid disease, and it's true we don't understand all the causes of thyroid disorders, We do know that Hashimoto's disease, or autoimmune hypothyroidism, where you have a slow-functioning thyroid, is a result of disruption in the immune system, leading your own immune system to begin to turn on your thyroid. There are a number of ways that the health of the gut and its impact on overall immunity interrelates with the health of the thyroid, and how in turn problems with the thyroid can impact the gut. It's super fascinating. For starters, research into the gut has taught us that the gut is the home of 70% of your body's immune tissue. The immune tissue in the gut is called the GALT, or the gut-associated lymphoid tissue. Lymphoid tissue like your lymph nodes, which might get active when you're fighting off an infection. You know those little kind of hard bean-shaped bumps that you might feel in your neck or your throat or the back of your neck, they're the home for the immune cells called B and T cells, and these produce antibodies. The same happens in your gut. When this lymph tissue is triggered by what are called antigens or allergic or infectious triggers, this tissue releases stored immune cells, which produce antibodies. And the job of antibodies is to go around the body and attack what they're programmed to recognize as foreign invaders. Now, a series of unfortunate events can make this system start to become overreactive, creating too much inflammation in your body, along with sometimes targeting specific organs in the body for attack. And the thyroid is a common site for this. One of the most common sources of this 
inflammation that eventually leads to autoimmune conditions is called intestinal hyperpermeability, which is a big fancy way of saying what you might have heard called as leaky gut. Now, in your intestine, you have a lining called the intestinal mucosa, and it acts kind of like a customs officer at a border crossing. It allows nutrients from our food to pass into the underneath layer called the submucosa, where our body can then assimilate the nutrients from our, for our benefit while keeping potentially harmful proteins that can be found in our food and also fragments of both healthy and harmful bacteria that come from the bugs or the microbiome that live in our gut out of that region. Because when those little proteins from our food or these fragments of bacteria called lipopolysaccharides or LPSs get across that border, they can trigger an inflammatory or immune reaction. Now, if a little bit of this happens, it's pretty normal and not much of a problem. But over time, persistent exposure of this submucosa to these little triggers causes the body to release those antibodies and special proteins that recognize and fight viruses, bacteria, and foreign invaders. These antibodies are the ones that can recognize and attack your own body's tissue and also sabotage your thyroid's ability to produce and use thyroid hormones resulting in Hashimoto's. This same kind of phenomenon can also lead to Graves' disease, which is autoimmune hyperthyroidism. Let me tell you about what happened to one of my patients. Karen had a lifelong history of terrible bloating and constipation. Aside from this, she'd always been pretty happy and energetic. But something happened soon after she turned 36. Everything changed. She started feeling exhausted all the time, and she became so depressed that some days she barely had enough energy and motivation to take care of her kids or make it through a whole workday. In fact, she had to switch her job to part-time just to cope, but this started having an impact on her income and her self-esteem and even her relationship, and all of this only added to her depression and her self-doubt. Before Karen came to see me as a patient, she sent me a photograph of her belly when it was bloated. She was often asked if she was pregnant, and indeed, I'd have thought from the photograph that she was seven months pregnant. Her distended belly stood out so far in contrast to her otherwise tall, slim figure. She came in for an appointment. Given her fatigue, I ran tests for thyroid problems. Her results clearly showed Hashimoto's disease. And for 80% of all thyroid cases in the United States, that's the case because most of them are Hashimoto's. But this test not only revealed Hashimoto's disease, something else came back. Her celiac testing came back positive for frank celiac disease. Karen immediately removed all gluten from her diet and within just a few weeks began noticing improvements in her digestion, her energy, and her mood. She decided to continue working on her diet, and we worked on healing her gut and systemic inflammation before she even started on thyroid medication. And check it out, by about two months later, 
her TSH, which is the main test for her thyroid function, had almost normalized. And her thyroid antibodies, which were elevated off the chain, were coming down. Her energy continued to improve and so did her mood. And after that, she remained strictly gluten-free and her thyroid function eventually completely returned to normal. And here's the amazing thing, she never even needed to start on thyroid medication. Celiac disease, as in Karen's case, creates an extreme setup for leaky gut and it's an autoimmune condition, so it can have its own triggers on the thyroid. But in fact, as many as 10% of patients with celiac disease have hypothyroidism and are never checked for it. But it's not just celiac disease that can cause leaky gut and autoimmune thyroid problems. Much milder forms of leaky gut and intestinal dysbiosis, which is a disruption in the healthy gut flora in the intestine, which affects millions more people than has ever been previously recognized, can also create the environment for Hashimoto's to develop. So how does a leaky gut develop? Well, antibiotic use, even really one round of antibiotics, not to be too scary, can disrupt the gut lining and disrupt the intestinal flora for at least a year. Also, frequent use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, Aleve, and Motrin can affect the gut lining. Now, as many of 70% of all antibiotics are overused in adults and children, and sadly, about 40% of all babies are being born with either a direct or indirect exposure, even at the beginning of life, because mom was exposed to an antibiotic during labor for group B strep or because of a cesarean section. And a cesarean section automatically means a mom's going to be given an antibiotic. So babies can be starting out life with a setup for leaky gut. And then frequent use of these NSAID medications is really common, even for children, starting with giving them for fever. Now, I'm not going to get into all of this right now, and please visit my website at www.avivaram.com to learn more about how you can prevent antibiotic overuse, how the frequent use of NSAIDs can be a problem for children and adults when we're using them for chronic pain. I have lots of information over there on that. And we're going to have lots more information coming in future podcasts on this important topic. But right now, it's important to know that you can prevent antibiotic overuse and you can prevent frequent NSAID use. But also other things like a diet high in sugar and low in a wide variety of vegetables or not getting enough fiber, which most Americans aren't getting. The sugar feeds the bad bugs and the low fiber diet doesn't feed the good bugs. So you can get a disproportionate overgrowth of the bad kind of bugs in your gut without the good ones that can keep the bad ones in control. Also, other things that you might not expect, like exercising too much to the point where you're overly stressed by exercise and also chronic stress in your daily life can affect the health of the intestinal lining and also the microbiome, which can help contribute to whether you develop hypothyroidism. Now, the tricky thing is not everyone with gut problems has digestive system problems. In fact, sometimes the only symptom or the first symptom of a gut problem is an autoimmune disease. So if you have Hashimoto's disease, it's worth including gut healing 
as a part of your plan, no matter whether you have digestive system symptoms or not. It's important to also take care of the health of the intestinal microbiome. We have something like 3 trillion different organisms that live in there that help to regulate whether we develop inflammation in our body. Some of these intestinal bacteria, the good ones, actually inhibit the production of what are called pro-inflammatory cytokines, including things like tumor necrosis factor or TNF, interleukin-6, sometimes just called IL-6, nuclear factor kappa-B or NF-kappa-B, while also promoting anti-inflammatory cytokines like interleukin-10 or IL-10. Another newly discovered fact is the fact that healthy gut flora help to convert the inactive thyroid hormone T4, which is most of what your body produces, into the active thyroid hormone T3. In fact, about 20% of all T4 is converted to T3 in the gastrointestinal tract. New research also suggests that there's a direct crosstalk between proteins and hormones in the gut and something called the hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis or the HPT axis, adding yet another layer of the connection to what goes on in the gut and the health of the thyroid. And on top of all of this, when you're under a lot of stress, whether chronic stress in your life from your job or a family situation or finances that is really getting you down, this can affect your gut. And also stress in your gut from chronic leaky gut causing inflammation in your body causes your body to pump out a hormone called cortisol. Now, here's the amazing thing about your body. Just like when there's an energy crisis out there in the world and we're told to keep our thermostats at 68 degrees or lower in our homes to conserve energy, when your body perceives that it's under threat or stress or when there's chronic inflammation, it goes into an energy storage mode and tells your body to turn down the thermostat. Well, guess what organ is the thermostat for your body? Yep, you might have guessed it, your thyroid. So instead of pumping up the volume on your metabolism like it's supposed to do, keeping you energized, keeping your weight down, keeping your cognitive function high, your thinking clear, it actually tells stress and energy conservation tells your body to turn down the heat. So instead of having ample amounts of energy stimulating active thyroid hormone floating around in your body, your body converts it instead to something called reverse T3 or RT3. And it stores it away in this inactive form, preventing you from expending excess energy. As a result, you end up feeling cold and sluggish. Your digestion slows down. You want to sleep more. You're tired all the time. You start to gain weight because you're having the classic symptoms of hypothyroidism. Your energy metabolism, your energy thermostat has been turned down. And the crazy thing is that unless your doctor checks your RT3, which most of them don't, your thyroid labs might actually look normal. You can learn more about that at my website, www.avivaram.com, under a blog called What Thyroid Testing You Should Get. And keep an eye out for a podcast on that coming super soon. Okay, so we have a good hit on what the problem is, what can you do? What you want to do is the core solution of healing the gut thyroid connection. 
So while the gut is not the only source of autoimmune hypothyroidism, healing the gut, as I hope I've established, is one of the core solutions for preventing and healing from Hashimoto's disease in many cases, and can also prevent further autoimmune disease from starting. A lot of times thyroid or Hashimoto's thyroiditis is just the tip of the iceberg and other autoimmune diseases later develop. So complete gut healing can take time, even a year, but it's not too complicated with the simple plan of action that I'm going to lay out for you. Results often start to happen quickly, so you can feel improvement in your digestion if you're having digestive system problems, and also your energy and mental clarity, and so many other areas of your life in even just 10 to 30 days, if you're on the right track. I've seen this happen for my patients time and time again. As your gut inflammation starts to go down, thyroid antibody numbers can also decrease. This can take several months or even a year to see a substantial change in antibody levels, but if you're getting to the root of the problem, you should see a change. Now, not everybody who has Hashimoto's can avoid or go off of thyroid medication. Sometimes it does remain necessary. But taking this approach of healing the underlying gut problem can prevent further health problems from arising, relieves a lot of general symptoms, and may allow you to eventually reduce your thyroid medication dose. As inflammation resolves, so will weight loss, brain fog, sleep problems, and many other chronic symptoms many of us just assume are normal and live with. So here are my four steps for breaking the gut thyroid autoimmunity cycle. Healing the gut is a four-part process, and I generally recommend doing these four steps at the same time, but they can also be done sequentially in order to make it easier for you. And you would do these sequentially in the order I described. And this is called the 4R program for healing the gut. So the first R is remove. And you want to remove leaky gut triggers. The most common leaky gut triggers are gluten-containing foods. So even if you don't have celiac or obviously have gluten intolerance, it's still really important to do this step. And I usually recommend doing it for about three months at least. Now, it's not just gluten foods like wheat, barley, and rye. There are a lot of other foods that cross-react with gluten, causing some of the same changes in the body that gluten sensitivity and celiac can cause. Corn and coffee, I know you're probably groaning, mm, I don't want to take out the coffee, are two big examples. So at least take out the gluten and the corn. Now, dairy products are a common culprit for leaky gut. So I recommend taking out all dairy products. The only one that you can keep in there is butter because most people don't get triggered by butter. But cheese, yogurt, milk, anything that otherwise has dairy in it, you want to take out again for about three months. Now, antibiotics, drugs like proton pump inhibitors, Prilosec is an example of that and other drugs for reflux, and also ibuprofen and the other NSAIDs like Aleve and Motrin can all cause leaky gut. Please check with your doctor before you remove these. And if you're being treated with an antibiotic for something, let's say like Lyme disease, obviously you need to continue the antibiotic under your doctor's supervision if it's an appropriate prescription, but make sure that you're getting off of it as soon as possible. And we'll talk about how to heal your gut with probiotics. So that's coming up in just a minute. To truly heal your gut enough to have an impact on Hashimoto's, you ideally want to remove these triggers for at least six months. If there's even a hint that you're gluten intolerant, 
then remove the gluten and gluten cross reactive foods. Sorry, but permanently. And then again, speak with your doctor when you're on any of the other um, medications above that I've mentioned. There are a lot of herbal alternatives that can help with digestion in the gut that can also help if you're dealing with chronic pain. For example, ginger and turmeric. And then there's an herb called DGL licorice that's been used effectively for acid reflux. Avoiding reflux triggers before bed and eating too close to bed is also important. The second R is replace. And here's where you want to replace your healthy gut flora as well as healthy digestive enzymes. You want to take a digestive enzyme, usually one to two capsules with each meal, and something called betaine HCL is very helpful if you're somebody who typically gets very full quickly when you eat. And in general, you take one tablet or up to four tablets, but usually it's one to two with each meal to help your body break down proteins more completely so they don't continue to act as immune triggers. The third R is re-inoculate. And this is where I add in the probiotic. And you add in probiotics that contain Saccharomyces boulardii, Lactobacillus species, and Bifidobacterium strains. Don't worry if you didn't get all of that. You can read this blog over at www.avivaron.com and you can find the link below. You want to start with a low dose, usually one capsule per day and increase up to two to four capsules every day, depending on the package instructions and how severe your symptoms are. If you have a lot of gut symptoms um, or a lot of gas and bloating, you might need to take a little bit more for the first few weeks and then back down to one capsule a day. I always recommend adding in lacto-fermented vegetables to the diet. So that's things like sauerkraut and kimchi. Now, if you have a major problem with gas or bloating or a history of constipation or diarrhea, or if you notice that your digestive symptoms get worse when you start taking the probiotic, go ahead and back down on the probiotic. And that's where it's a good indication that you might need that betaine HCL that I mentioned before. If you do have stomach ulcers, please, please, please check with your doctor before you add in the betaine HCL. If you suffer from a lot of gas and bloating that doesn't go away when you take out the gluten and the dairy, you could be fructose intolerant and want to take fruit out of your diet for a week or two to see if that clears it up. If that clears it up, then again, working on your gut to heal your gut is going to help you tolerate these foods better over time. But you want to go to a really simple diet at that point. It's mostly protein foods, lots of vegetables, and low grain, and keep the fruit out. You also may need additional help clearing out some gut overgrowth with problematic gut flora by taking an herbal combination that contains things like garlic, oregano oil, or other herbs like golden seal that help fight that intestinal bacteria. And there are some good products on the market that I mentioned in my blog on this topic. And I generally recommend doing that with the help of a functional medicine, integrative, or licensed naturopathic doctor. Now, finally, the fourth R is repair. A number of herbs and supplements are safe and beneficial for relieving inflammation in your gut lining while healing the intestinal tissue. I recommend that my patients take one to two capsules of curcumin extract every day. So that's about 1,000 milligrams once or twice a day. 
for three to 12 months. Curcumin is the active ingredient in turmeric. And while turmeric is very beneficial to put in smoothies and cook with it, to really heal the gut, you want that active concentrated dose. Another herb I commonly use is ginger root, 500 to 1,000 milligrams twice daily. These herbs are generally safe for most people, but of course, if you're on any pharmaceutical medications, check with your doctor before combining them. A supplement that's great for healing the gut is called zinc carnosine, is especially the form that you want to use. Zinc carnosine, 30 milligrams, one to two times daily. And finally, L-glutamine, which helps heal the gut lining, about five grams twice daily. Other herbs that are wonderful include marshmallow root and chamomile. And there are some great blends available on the market that already have these combinations in them that you can find and take. So I hope that this gives you a good foundation for understanding the connection between gut health and thyroid health, gives you a good place to start. And for specific doses and the names of all these supplements, please head over to www.avivaram.com for the gut thyroid connection and you'll find it all written out for you. You can download it, read it, make your notes and enjoy going back to that blog or listening to this audio again. Thank you for joining me this week on Natural MD Radio. If you found this talk useful and would love to learn more about topics like this or again, read this article, head on over to my website where I regularly post new information giving you the whole truth on whole health so you can take your healthcare back into your hands. See you next time. Thank you for joining me this week on Natural MD Radio. If you would like a free copy of the 4R program with an easy to follow guide to the supplements I mentioned in this podcast, go to avivaram.com and you'll find it posted under the Gut Thyroid Connection. If you'd like to learn more about topics like this, or to read this as an article, head on over to my website where I regularly post new information, giving you the whole truth on whole health so you can take your healthcare back into your hands. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.